How you guys doing? Good. Hey, I'm Matt Trebbing. Um, if you don't know me, um, I am the Director of Student Ministries here at Northwest. Um, and it is a pleasure to be here today and to talk to all of you and to honor our seniors today. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't think it's coincidence that um, uh, Ryan and David had me speak on the first Sunday that we went back to 9 a.m. service uh, without a tent. <laughs> They're like, throw the new guy in there. I can only go up from there, I guess, right? Um, I'm just kidding. No, it really is an honor to be here and to, to talk to you guys. Um, I just want to take a second to, to pray, um, and uh, then we'll get on going. So let's bow our heads. Um, Lord, I just ask um, that this morning that as we, Lord, as we study your word, as we get in and we honor those who have worked so hard and honor this, this new life, Lord, that we would lift your name high. God, and that we would do that by not only worshiping, but adhering to your word, um, Lord, and letting it guide us on how to act and how to live. Um, and God, I ask that it would convict us and spur us on to good works that are honoring to you. Um, Lord, I just ask that this time be used wisely and that you would um, show us wisdom, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I have been given the task of um, giving an exhortation this Sunday. Not a message. We talked about this in the staff meeting. Since it's not the full length, it's not a message. It's an exhortation. Um, and I was thinking, you know, it's, it's a Sunday we're celebrating baptisms. We are celebrating seniors. Um, and by celebrating seniors, we're celebrating parents as well. We're celebrating the commitment of parents to their kids to get them through high school because it's kind of hard. Um, I don't know if some of you parents would agree with that. Um, and I was thinking, you know, what what passage in scripture is going to be a good passage to cover. Um, and I chose Mark 9, which just happens to be the passage where there's the man with the demon-possessed son. Um, <laughs> and some of you might like find the humor in that. Others of you, I noticed when I said that, leaned in a little bit more, and you're like, I have one of those, you know? Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, but I think there's a lot here for us to unpack, and I think there's something really valuable. And I'm going to honor our time, um, and so I'm going to try not to go long or over, um, but this is really important what we need to glean from this, and it really applies to our seniors who are going into college, it applies to those who have graduated, it applies to those who are still in student ministry, and it applies to us as well. And so read with me uh, in Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14, it says this, and when he came to, this, to the disciples, he saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And they asked him, and he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought to you my son, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire, into the water, to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, quoting him, if you can. And he says, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out. And he said, I believe. 
help my, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mutant deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse. So most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he rose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. The reason that I wanted to talk about this um, is because it's been a hard year for a lot of our students. Um, you know, I, I think of what the pandemic has been like for me as, as an adult um, and, uh, and just kind of the, the confusion and, and some of the, the things that I've missed out on. But then I think of, of some of our kids who um, have really been robbed of, of their, their senior year or their first year in high school. Um, and on top of that, you know, and this is no offense to you guys, seniors and, and high schoolers, but, but your kids. And, man, this, this time has to be just confusing, and, and, and it can't be easy. Um, and this time has been not easy for a lot of people, but, but really it, it's left a lot of people not unscathed, unfortunately. And a big part of that that, that um, you know, we're struggling with, not just our students, but, but also us as believers and Christians, is faith and belief. And some of us might be struggling to, to believe that, you know, God knows what's best for us. I know that sometimes I do. I struggle with that. I struggle sometimes to think that, that God is going to sustain this, me in this ministry that he's placed me in. You know, I, I struggle sometimes to think that, you know, he actually wants to use me. Um, and that's not all the time. That ebbs and that flows and, and you know, that faith kind of comes and, and it goes. But, but that's always a struggle. And for some of us right now, that faith, that struggle of faith um, is, is really challenging. It seems like an uphill battle. Um, and so when I read across this passage of scripture last week, I went, you know, there's something here that we need very desperately, um, and it, it's a perspective shift, I think. You notice one of the things that happens as soon as Jesus walks up, he kind of asks what's going on and quickly realizes that you know, his disciples are, are failing to, to cast out the spirit, and, and they've just been given this ability to cast out demons. And, and one thing that, that I like to do, and I hope that you like to do as well, is when I read these stories, um, especially about... Jesus and the disciples, I like to try and humanize them and put myself in that position. And I think of just the hopelessness that I would have had, you know, going, you know, Jesus just gave me this power to do this and I can't do it, you know. And they've got the scribes around them and, and people are arguing with them. And so when Jesus walks up and finds that out, you know, you think he's going to go, hey, it's okay, guys. It's fine. It's going to be all right. No, instead he walks up and he rebukes them. And you're like, come on, Jesus. Like, could you show a little compassion, dude? Um, but he's pointing, pointing something out to them, and he's about to do something, and, and, and the faith of this father is about to be revealed, and it means so much for us, okay? So Jesus asks them to bring them the boy, and, um, you know, again, humanizing these people, we see just great sorrow and, and hopelessness in this father, and Jesus asks him, how long has this been happening? He says, since childhood, and the spirits tried to kill my son. He's tried to throw him into water and drown him and into fire and burn him. Um, 
And you just have to imagine living this life with this son who's been so tormented. That'd be terrible. And then he kind of pleads with Jesus. He goes, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus, being kind and being loving and being gracious, um, I kind of imagine he might have slightly laughed at this. He goes, if you can, to quote him back, if you can do anything, kind of like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? Um, and he says, you know, um, all things are possible for one who believes. And then the very next thing that comes out of the father's mouth, excuse me. This passage is really near and dear, dear to my heart, but he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He brought his son to Jesus. He, he believed that he could heal him, but he, he recognizes that even he has these doubts and these, these things in his faith that, that he can't reconcile. He's, he's brought his son to this man who's supposed to be able to heal him, and yet he's not healed yet. It hasn't happened yet. And so he goes, Lord, help my unbelief. He doesn't say, I believe and you haven't done it, so I'm leaving. <laughs> I believe and you haven't done it or you haven't helped me, so I'm going to stop believing. He says, help my unbelief. Help me believe. Help me to have faith, Lord. So Jesus heals his son, and he excises the demon, and you imagine he has to be filled with joy, this father. And then afterwards, when they're walking away, the disciples go, why could we not excise that demon? Why could we not do what you just did? You know, they're still seeing that hopelessness. And Jesus says something to them. He goes, you know, these things can only be rebuked by prayer. They can only be handled by prayer. For us, as we struggle, I'm going to apply this to to three levels here. The church, right? In our faith, this last year might, might have brought us to a place where we go, man, I don't know that God can use me. I don't know that that." Maybe God is actually in control right now because this last year has really sucked. And for us, for us that feel that, we need to pray that God would help our unbelief. We need to help our faith. For our parents out there, and I'm not in this position yet. I will be someday, thank God. Um, but for our kids that are entering college and who are in latter high school who we go, I just don't know that they're going to hold on to their faith. I don't know that God can sustain their faith. I believe that he could, but I don't know that he will. We need to pray, God, help my unbelief. Help my faith. And for seniors, I want you guys, you graduating seniors, to to hear me right now. Um, There are going to be times where if you've not already struggled with your faith, you will struggle. Life is a struggle. It's it's not faith because it's easy. It's, It's faith that's believing something that is generally unseen, right? <laughs> it's not that we get to touch and talk to Jesus face-to-face every day. And so our faith will struggle. But we need to be humble. We need to pray to God to help our unbelief because he's willing to. I can promise you that Jesus wants to help your unbelief. He wants to restore you to faith. He wants to, to prove to you that <laughs> that he loves you. He already has on the cross, but he wants to show you that he cares. 
So what can we do about this? What can we as the body be doing about this? So the last thing that Jesus says that really strikes me is that, you know, like we already mentioned, he says that only prayer can do this. Only prayer can do this. And so often we think, you know, well, it's just prayer. You know, what can I do? What can I actually do to help, you know? And there are things we can do, but, but the first and foremost thing that we can do and the most powerful thing that we can do is pray. To pray for one another, to pray for our seniors, to pray for our parents, to pray for our body members. You know, and the reason that prayer is so powerful, the reason that Jesus tells us that is because prayer puts us in a position to rely on Jesus. And who is more powerful than Jesus? Who can handle more than Jesus? Who can bring people back from the dead other than Jesus? Who can restore people's faith other than Jesus? No one. So I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to pray for one another and to pray for our seniors to be committed to prayer. Some translations of this passage say that only prayer and fasting can handle this type of demon. Meaning a devoted prayer, a prayer that believes in outcome, right? Um, what we're going to do in just a minute is we're going to, to pray over our seniors. Um, and I'll give you instruction on that in just a moment. Um, but I want to speak very quickly. I have, to plug, I have to plug student ministry real quick, guys, because here's the deal. There is action. Prayer is the first thing I want you to do. Prayer is absolutely the first and foremost thing that I want you to do. The second is that if you feel like God is calling you to serve right now, specifically if, if you're hearing this, you're hearing that our, our kids have struggled over this last year, that they need people who have also struggled, who know what it is to struggle, to come alongside them and to help them, I want you to come find me after service. I want you to come talk to me because, I, man, I, I think God can use you. I know God can use you. You know, and, and that's my prayer for you too, that if you think, man, God can't use me because of where I am or, or what I've been through, I would love to, to allow God to prove you wrong on that. Um, finally, this, so what we're going to do to kind of live this out is, is, like I said, to pray for our seniors. So, so if you are a graduating senior, what I want you to do is, is just stand where you are. Um, and I know that, that some families are, are still being very code cautious and some aren't. So um, I would ask that family that you're close to what they're comfortable with. Um, but I want us to pray for those around us. So whichever senior is nearest to you, um, I'd like you to, to gather close or socially distantly close to them. Um, and we're going to take some time to pray for them. And I'll open us up. So seniors, can you stand for me? Cool. Um, and like I said, just you can gather around them. You can get close to them. I'll, I'll open us up a prayer. And as I do that, I'd love for you to move closer to them and to, um, to pray for them. We're going to take a couple minutes to do that. Lord, help our unbelief, Lord. God, I just ask that, man, especially for these seniors, Lord, this, this generation, that we would look back and see, Lord, not, not this faithless generation that Jesus speaks about in the beginning of, of this passage, Lord, but, but a generation that is on fire for you. God, a generation that has struggled, 
but has come out on the other side and seen your goodness, God. That they have struggled in their faith and not given up, Lord, but that they have continued to struggle and struggle and struggle, Lord. Lord, until finally you come and you heal them. God, we love you. Let's continue to pray.